This week's parsha in Chutz Laaretz is Parshas Chukas, and in Parshas Chukas we learn about the Paraduma known as the Red Heifer. There are uh, sugyas and shas dedicated to discuss this. There's an entire Masechta in Taharas and Mishnah is called Masechta Para, and that deals with the halachas of Paraduma. Now Paraduma was an uh, integral part of the service in the Beis Hamikdash for the very simple fact that one is not allowed to enter Machene Kahuna, one is not allowed to enter what we call the Harabayas, or part of the Harabayas, today we don't know exactly where it is, but one is not allowed to enter the, the, the Machene Kahuna if they are Tamimes, if they have been in close contact with a dead body, unless they go through the Tahara process. And part of the Tahara process was a seven-day cleansing uh, period, and on day three and on day seven, they would get mechatas sprinkled on them. What is mechatas? So mechatas consisted of the burnt paraduma mixed together with azov and shnitelas. That together, that, that combination created the mechatas and that that's the uh, that was what was sprinkled on someone who was tamimes on day three and on day seven. So in our times, we do not have the paraduma, the mechatas, and for the most part, and it's been open and shut uh, discussion that we no longer have the ability to be free from Tomas Mace, and that affects many halachas. It, it affects the simple uh, way we tell people you cannot go on to Harabayas because if you go into Machanekahuna, even if the Yidin will control the entire Harabayas, one is not allowed to go on to, uh, in a place that's that has a Kedusha of Machanekahuna. If they are tamei meis, and there's a chi of kares, of metamei uh, mikdash, and that's why, for the most part, Klai Yisrael does not go onto Harabayas. Those that go up there either don't know, or they rely on archaeological digs and maps and chuvas found in the Ridvas and others describing where exactly Machanekahuna begins, and uh, it's a risk, but that's what they do. But for the most part, most of Klai Yisrael does not go onto Harabayas. That's one simple, easy uh, uh, ramification to understand that we're all uh, Tamei Meis. Additionally, there are halachas and Tumas Kahanim that might get affected by it based on Arayvid, which we won't get into today. And just this, the the overall concept of us not being able to bring Karbanes Bezmanazeh. Let's say a person wanted to bring a carbon Pesach, want to bring a carbon Tamid. So this was a discussion found between Rav Hirsch Kalisher and the Chassam Seifer and Rav Kineger dis- discussing can we bring Karbanais when we are all Tameh, we don't have a base of Mikdash. So this is a, this was a, a significant part of the discussion, the conversation. No one's Tar. We're not Tar from Tomas Mace. And how exactly are you going to become, become Tar? And for the most part, that has shut the door to many of these conversations. The question is, what if today we did find a red heifer? Uh, let's say we could genetically modify the breeding of certain cows, and we can now create a paraduma. Would we be able to bring it? What would be the halachic challenges that would stop us from bringing the paraduma and doing the ceremony bismanazeh? So, this requires, uh, you know, a, a two hundred page book discussing all the halachic nuances and and. Uh, and Machloiksim and all those all those uh, details. I'm just going to highlight some of the possible concerns. Some of these we could answer. Some of these are only 
one opinion, not everyone agrees to it. There are, there are actually Sfarim written discussing this. There was a Paraduma found way back uh, many years ago in Kfar Hasidim. Interestingly, Rav Shlomo Goren Zetzal, he actually grew up in Kfar Hasidim. There's a fascinating story how his parents were convinced by the Yablona Rebbe to move to Kfar Hasidim. Um, and Kfar Hasidim went bankrupt. It wasn't a successful aliyah, but Shlomo Goren was born in Kfar Hasidim. So they found the Paraduma, and they actually found after he was Nifter, his wife, uh, Mrs. Goren, she provided some of the writings he had on the on the Paraduma of There's also a tshuva from the Divrei Yatsev, the Kleisenberger Rebbe, Zetzal, whose yard site is today. And he has a discussion in Shalos and Shuvah's Divrei Yatsev in Choshemesh, but he discusses bringing the Paradum of And there are svarim, contemporary svarim, that people wrote, just people write svarim all the time. So you have a 50-page safer on Paradum of So I'm going to base it off of those different Maramakimists. Now, not every single argument is a game-changer. Some are significant, while others are dependent on the Rishonim and how we understand the Sogya. So just to go through a few of them, that would be helpful to know. And again, I'm sure you'll find another Paraduma in your lifetime, a red, a red heifer. And the question is, can we bring up his manazes? So first of all, the first source that everybody looks at is the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchus Paraduma Paragimo Halachadalad, he says that the 10th, the final uh, Paraduma is going to be brought by, I apologize for the noise, going to be brought by Melech HaMashiach. And on that, with that understanding, it seems like there's something about Mashiach necessary for us to bring this paraduma. So many say that spiritual thing, not the Ramam's type necessarily. Usually he's coming from a halachic reason why we cannot bring it until Malach Mashiach. But from that line, many said we, we don't bring it until Mashiach comes. And perhaps we'll give some of the reasons why we wouldn't bring it until Mashiach comes from a halacha standpoint. Rav Goran brings down, from he brings from Mishnayis, and other sources that there was a, 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 a stone keli that held the ashes from the previously brought parais adumais, the, uh, the previously uh, uh, the, the previous ashes in the previous generation, and that was used together with any new paraduma, paraduma that was brought. And we don't know where this keli is. We haven't found it yet. We can look for it, but we haven't found it. And therefore, the conversation should stop at that point. The 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 uh, the person who would bring the, the mechatas, he needed to get. He was a kohen. He would need uh, to get mechatas sprinkled on him, on uh, before he would do the other the the the, the, the subsequent uh, mechata ceremony, and he needed an ishtar to sprinkle mechatas on him before he before he burnt the uh, the new paraduma. So, it's it seems like this would be the same problem that. You're never going to find the you're not, you know we don't have the the previously brought paraduma and therefore we cannot bring a new one until we have someone finding the old one using that to sprinkle on a kain who's now going to to do the sreifa sapara and that would also uh, inhibit our ability to bring the paraduma bismanazet. Additionally, if you go through the mishnayis and the gemara Yuma brings this down, there were very intricate halachas making sure that. They went out of the way to make, to confirm there was no tuma in the area that they were bringing the paraduma, and they, they couldn't be tumas hatahoim. They would do like these digs, and they built a bridge with uh, 
with um, walls going down to the ground so that nobody could bury things underneath this bridge. And today we wouldn't know which parts of of uh, you know around Harabayas are for sure free of dead bodies, and that would also be a halachic challenge. Additionally, the pasuk says that they would uh, that they would do the, the hazah, they would sprinkle it towards the base kachiyah kadashim, or towards the heichel, the chachila, it should be towards the kachiyah kadashim. But the avid, as long as it's in the direction of the heichel, that would be fine. And there are a few questions. Does it have to be in the general direction, or does it have to be in the specific direction? The nafkamina would be, if we don't know, we're not certain where the Kodesh HaKadoshim is, where the Heichel is, although there were archaeological digs, not everyone is so convinced, or 100% convinced, and if it's a suffix, you're not going to tell someone, oh, now you can go up to Harabayas because you had the Mechatas, if we don't know if it was done correctly. And the question is, is does this apply, or can we still do this when there's no Beis HaMikdash? If there is no Kodesh HaKadoshim, if there is no Heichel, is that Ma'akev? Does it have to be connected where it used to be? Or does it actually have to be sprinkled in the direction of where it currently is and we don't have a base dash, you cannot bring the uh, you cannot do the hazah the sprinkling of the mechatas additionally another problem is you need a kain a kain has to be lechayra has to be miyuchis uh, someone who we know for sure is a kain now all the kahanim would say what do you mean I know for sure I'm a kain my name is Rappaport my name is Schwartz my name is Katz we're kahanim kain yet if you look in Hechaschal and other places it seems like we're not so convinced we're not so convinced that everyone is for sure a kain, and therefore we do not give chala to a kain bezmanaza. Even though a, a kain who who does not have a tumah hayotzimigufa, he's simply just tummy mace, and he's not a zav or a zava, obviously for a lady, and he's not uh, a balkari, or he goes to the mikvah, goes to uh, goes to a um, a mayan to, ta- to to be matar himself. He's allowed to eat chalas chutzlar. It's no problem. Yet we don't do it because we're concerned he's not a real kain. That's according to some shitas. Uh, someone's baking matzah on Pesach. The shulchan, the Ramah there discusses maybe we do rely that people are kahanim, but that'll be a question: Are we so convinced that someone's a kain? Now to rely on it for chala, okay, but to tell people that now you're tar from Tumas Mace because you did the proper hazah paraduma, you have to be hundred percent convinced. You can't be uh, only masupik; that wouldn't work. I would just point out the Aruch Hashulchan doesn't like this conversation regarding kahanim miyuchasim. He says. It's chas uh, and we should not think about that these kahanim are not miyuchas. We should assume all these kahanim are kahanim miyuchasim. I saw there's even a discussion regarding the color. Do we know exactly what is uh, confirmed to be the color of the paraduma? How are we so confident? I think uh, I think people would say yes. We know what paraduma is. We know what red is. But that's a good question. Additionally, uh, many of these achronim bring down that the kain gadol had to be the one involved in the mechatas. Uh, we don't have a kain gadol b'zmanazeh. That would be a concern. And two more other ones would be that you have to mix in the telash shani, which is the crimson red, and we don't know what it is. Even tchelas, which many people wear, I myself wear tchelas, but that's I'm wearing it misafik. That maybe it is the real tchelas. Maybe we have the blue dye from the chilazin. If not, I'm not losing out. It's just wearing dirty clothing. It's wearing a, a dirty tzitzis. You see some people's uh, tzitzis in shul. Their talus, uh, the tzitzis from the talus is brown. So I'm wearing dirty strings. Halachically, dirty strings are not a problem. There's no issue of baltoisif, tigra. I'm having kavan, I'm doing it misafik. And there's no problem. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not taking any halachic risk. But when we tell someone, do the paraduma and now go up to Harabayas or eat uh, kachim or bring a carbon, which is only 
mutter for someone who's tar, you're taking a risk. And therefore, we don't know what the talash shani is. We might think we know what it is, but we don't know what it is, and therefore, that would be another reason. And finally, according to many mefarshim on Chumash, and if you look in the Gemara, it sounds like this as well, that since it says v'yichu, that it should be taken, so v'yichu is Lashon Rabbim, it has to come Yishel Tzibur, it has to come from a community fund, which was known as the Truma Salishka, look at the Masech Tashkalim, it talks about the Karbanis Tzibur came from this Truma. We never had a collective, uh, everyone giving a Machsa Shekel, you'll get money from, from one fellow who's, who's uh, bringing his Paraduma, we don't have a community fund. There are ways to get out of this, maybe doing Zechiel Arabim, it's a question if that would work. But anyways, it went through about 10 different halachic challenges of why, even if we found the Paraduma, we found the red heifer and didn't have any black hair, it didn't work, it was a perfect uh, find, there would still be many, many halachic challenges before we would say, okay, now we could go now and bring the Paraduma. What I didn't mention was that you need an Ishtar involved in the process. And it's very difficult to have someone who we know for sure is not Tamei Mace. The Mishnayas describe that the women would go and give birth in a certain area, and they would build a certain type of platform which wouldn't convey tumba. I don't think any women are doing that uh, today. And then you have to wait a few years for the kids to grow up. So that that's another reason, but that's not a halachic reason. That's more of a practical reason. No one's interested in doing that. But anyways, you have 10, 11 reasons or 10, 11 different halachic considerations before we run and go now bring the paraduma. These things would have to be considered. And if uh, the pricing got together, and thought it would be appropriate to to bring back the Paraduma, I'm sure we could navigate some of these challenges, but some of them, as the Ramam explains, and Taka, we would have to wait until Mashiach comes, until Binyan, uh, Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, Sheyavoy, Bimheravi Amenu.